Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. Not to be totally crass, but are you on a date right now? Not really. I mean, not officially. I mean, we wanted to meet each other first before we want to go on a like official date. So what do you think? Are you on a date right now? I'm not sure. Um. <laughs> That's Rodrigo and Jessica. They met on Tinder. And I'm Sarah Geis, reporting for Curious City. So how did I get here, spending my Saturday night interrupting first dates at a bar with a microphone? Well, it all started when listener Yvette Ambert asked us, quote, how is the dating scene in Chicago? Now, we weren't able to get a hold of Yvette. But this question of what Chicago is like for romance, it's a question that people think about a lot, and sometimes even choose their place to live based on it. We wanted to find specific qualities of dating in Chicago that feel, well, particularly Chicago-y. And we started with the data. But by the numbers, Chicago dating demographics are pretty on par with most large U.S. cities. So to try and find these Chicago-y characteristics, Curious City opened a hotline to take your calls. And I went to bars on the north and south sides. We heard from men, women, straight people, gay people. And two themes definitely stood out. Theme number one, lend me some sugar, I am your neighbor. Let's begin with a classic Chicago story of star-crossed love. Here's Lakshmi Rangarajan. I met this guy through friends. And Lakshmi really liked him. But there was an issue. I was living off the Argyle stop on the red line, and he lived off of the Division Blue Line stop. Every day, Lakshmi and her boyfriend would have to decide who would travel to who. You know, from the moment I left my door, I'd have to walk, you know, three and a half blocks to the red line. And the the trip got tiring. North Avenue, get off, cross the street. Now, distance was not necessarily the reason Lakshmi and her boyfriend broke up, but it didn't help. And this theme of Chicagoans not wanting to date far outside their neighborhoods, it came up again and again. Time and convenience are certainly reasons, but those are also mixed up with Chicagoans' strong sense of neighborhood identity. Here's listener Mitch. I'm gay and um, live in Bucktown, so I don't live in any of the LGBT neighborhoods like Boys Town or Andersonville. I noticed that people in Lakeview and Boytown tend to think anywhere outside of that neighborhood is just far, which is outrageous. Lakeview to Bucktown, by the way, it's under three miles. This phenomenon of staying near your own hood, you see it reflected in some online dating apps, like OkCupid. Data from the company shows its Chicago users message other users who live near them more. This, of course, could have at least something to do with race. Since Chicago is so geographically segregated, and race does influence people's dating choices. As for Lakshmi of the Blue Line Red Line romance, 
A little over a year ago, she moved to Dallas. And her personal research suggests that dating in Dallas is different. For one thing, driving long distances is a lot more common there. Oh, someone lives 30 miles away. I don't think that that deters people the same way it would in Chicago. And she wanted to add one more thing. I have to say, like, all of these feelings about geography are really heightened when it's cold. What's the temperature there right now? Right now, I think it's um, in the 70s. Sorry. (laughs) And that brings us to Chicago dating theme number two. Winter is coming. Talking to daters, I learned a new phrase about winter. One, it seems that everyone under 30 already knew. Well, have you heard of cuffing season? That's cuffing season, as in cuff, C-U-F-F. Tokara is 29, and she learned about this phenomenon when she moved here from North Carolina. I heard Chicago people saying it, and I was like, what is cuffing season? And they were like, oh, it's just like, you know, in the winter months when you have like your main boo, but during the other months, the summer months, you, you know, might have multiple boos. So cuffing is the tendency to commit to a monogamous relationship, but just for the cold months. It's a seasonal gig. Daters I spoke to in their 30s and 40s, they had other names for it, like nesting or the harvest season or catching a boyfriend, you know, like catching a cold or a warm stone in the bed. A warm stone in your bed? Use that in a sentence. <laughs> uh... I doesn't even like that girl. She's just a warm stone. Okay. Some data does seem to support the existence of cuffing season. According to Facebook relationship statuses, peak months for breakups are May through June, post-season, when people are ready to get back out there uncuffed. I wanted to run these findings by a professional. Hi! I found dating coach Bella Gandhi on the 82nd floor of the Hancock Building. Look at this gorgeous view. She and her team work with Chicago daters in their 20s through 80s. Men, women, gay, straight, any religion, we love everybody and everybody can find love. I told Bella what I'd learned about Chicagoans not wanting to date outside their neighborhoods or to leave their houses in the winter. And she said, yes, she's noticed those things too. And her advice? Get over it. Stop worrying so much about convenience. People just don't want to get out of their comfort zones, right? We think, you know what? The person that I'm going to fall in love with should be someone who I meet eyes with at Whole Foods over mangoes and lives three blocks away. Well, yeah, it would be great. However, dot, 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 that certainly constrains our dating pool. Instead, Bella tells her clients, here's what works. Figure out what qualities in another person make you happy and go after those qualities location and weather be damned. Last call, last call, folks. Speaking of happy, there is a lot of laughter coming from first daters Jessica and Rodrigo, who we met at the bar at the start of this story. How's the date going so far? Fantastic. (laughs) Marvelous. (laughs) Eddie, what what are you guys talking about before I just interrupt it? Uh, how amazing this beer is, and we're totally going to come back here and get a growler. Does that mean there's a second date? I think so. I agree. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Reporting came from me, Sarah Geis. Support comes from the Conant Family Foundation. One, two, three. My baby, don't mess around because you love.
Next time on Curious City, Chicago has pretty lenient laws about livestock and backyards, and not just chickens, but pigs and goats. Sometimes it gets interesting. In July, one of the goats gave birth at three in the morning. And he thought someone was being killed outside. Because <laughs> of this horrible screaming noise. Yes. <laughs> Which might make you wonder if there are any limits on backyard livestock. Find out next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.